the the message this morning on expectation to expect and how expectation attracts favor and and increase and to dare to believe and dream and 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 give birth to your dreams um, is a, is an empowering word and it empowered me and even my vision and some things that the Lord's been speaking to my heart. But then it's one thing to have a word like that, a word of encouragement, kind of a cheerleading, you know, uh, message, but then not have the instruction on how to apply what you've heard. How many know we need to be able to apply the Word of God that we have heard, and, and we need some tools, we need some instruction, some wisdom, some guideline. And so tonight, as I was I went to the room. They asked me, did you rest? No, I didn't. I was so pumped. Amen. Even from this afternoon, the, the meeting, the questions and answers, there was more answer, I think, than questions, though. I, I get on a roll. It's hard for me to stop talking. I don't know if you could tell that or not, but it was hard this morning to stop talking. But um, <laughs> um, I got to the room and just kind of had a word in my spirit, and uh, this is something I've not really shared much um, because usually when I travel, I usually will fly in on a Saturday, fly back home either Sunday evening or Monday. So I'm at home during the week with my family. But um, this, I like this, to get to come and stay all day because I don't have to feel like i got to give it all to you in 30 minutes. I can just kind of expound and expand. So tonight, I'm just going to kind of give a little bit of instruction on how to see increase in your life. Uh, increase of what? Put a name on it. It might be health. It may be wealth. It may be peace. It may be whatever, just experiencing more of His presence, an increase of experiencing more of His presence. Not that His presence is going to be more. I hope you understand what I'm saying because how many know He's with us? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But my prayer is, Lord, I want to open the eyes of my understanding to see you for who you really are, to, to uh, have that conscious awareness that you're always with me. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about increase. Now, let me just set this up. This may not be a shout-me-down message tonight. You may not be swinging from the raptors tonight. We were this morning, though, or I felt like I could. Amen. But uh, tonight's more of an instruction on how to apply what we heard this morning. So for those of you that were not here this morning, Enjoy. Amen. Get the CD, get the recording, get whatever, and uh, hear it. But tonight, I mean, of course, this is for everybody. So uh, if you have your Bibles, and I'm going to sing too. What time is it? I don't, I don't have my... Already? Can I sing first? I'm just going to sing. I'm going to anyway, so you might as well get excited about it. Amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How many of you tonight, you got a reason to praise the Lord? If you would, brother, bring this up a little bit and the mic up a little bit. I love this song. This is powerful. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams, your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fear listen don't let this faith you're standing in seem to disappear but praise the Lord he 
chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you they drop powerless behind you when you praise him how many praises are in this house tonight now satan is a liar yes he is and he wants to make you think that you're just a nothing little pauper when he knows himself child of the king so lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle it already has been won I know that Jesus Christ has risen and the work's already done so praise the Lord he can work through those who will praise him praise the Lord for our God inhabits praise for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you they try powerless behind you when you praise him when you praise him Lord we lift your name on high in this place tonight let everything that hath breath praise he can work who will praise Him. Praise the Lord for our God inhabits the praise. Praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you they are powerless behind you. Yes, they do. When you praise Him, praise Him. You are worthy, you're worthy to praise the Lord. Come on and praise Him in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, He's worthy tonight. Amen. He's worthy to be given praise and honor and glory. Thanksgiving. This is a very familiar praise and worship chorus. If you know it, help me sing it tonight simply says give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks for he's given Jesus Christ his son give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks for he's given Jesus Christ his son come on say so now let the weak say I am strong and let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us and now let the sick say I am healed. Let the bound say I am free because of what the Lord has done. He did it all for us. So we give you thanks. We give you glory, Lord. Come on, say it with me tonight. Give thanks with a grateful heart. 
Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks for He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks, oh, for He has given Jesus Christ, His Son. So now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done, He paid the price for you and me. So right now, if you're sick in your body tonight, you can rise up and say that I'm healed. And if you're bound, tormented, or depressed, you can say that I'm free because of what the precious, the holy, the awesome Lord has done. Almighty God, we give you thanks tonight. You are worthy, Lord, to be praised. Glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on and worship Him. Hallelujah, you're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. So good. Hallelujah. With your grateful heart, just tell him, Lord, I love you. Come on. Lord, I love you. I adore you. I adore you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. For you are worthy, for you are worthy of all the glory, of all the glory, all of the honor, of all the honor, all the praise, all the praise. So Father, we give you thanks, yes we in everything we do, everything we say, we give you thanks. You and you alone are worthy, worthy to be praised. Would you take about 15 seconds and just let the fruit of your lips praise Him. Come on, just worship Him. Thank Him. Magnify Him. Father, we thank You for Your goodness tonight. We thank You for Your, your presence that is with us. We are aware of Your presence tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. Oh, I'm so grateful for your word. And as your word goes forth tonight, I just declare that it will not fall on deaf ears, but it will be sown into good fertile ground where the thief cannot steal it. And in due season, it will grow forth a bountiful harvest. In Jesus' name, if you're in agreement with that, say amen. God bless you. You sound great. You're hired. Amen. Awesome. I'm going to unplug this. I'm going to, if you can mute that, and then, awesome. Please don't let me forget this cord. 
I have left four or five at churches before, so who's going to be responsible? You be responsible. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. And thank you for your help at the sound. Awesome job. Awesome job. And then we're, get ready. Get ready. I'm putting everybody to work tonight. Everybody gets a raise. How's that? Everybody gets a raise. <laughs> of course, I leave tomorrow. So. <laughs> uh, don't play it yet, but just kind of get ready. I'm going to show something in just a few minutes that uh, really illustrates this, this message that the Lord has put in my heart. And um, <clears throat> I had something I was going to say before, though, and I just, it, do we know for sure if it's going to play? Because I would really hate to set it all up and then... You just don't see anything. Don't put it on the screen yet, but if you can get it, make sure you can get it to play. While they're doing that, I'll just say um, we're out of all the books, all the CDs. We sold out. We ran out. So, <laughs> And they accused me. She said, you were not expecting. So they were listening to the message, expectation. But I threw it back at him. I said, God went above and beyond. Amen. So, my expectation. But no, I've got some books, some CDs. <clears throat> We're going to be sending some to the church uh, in, with, within a week. We, we will be shipping that out in a box. So, we'll, we'll get all that. You will have it either next Sunday or the Sunday after. So, those of you that your name was on the list, it's, it's going to be on the way soon. If you weren't able to get anything or if you're here tonight visiting or whatever, you weren't here this morning, I made such a good deal. I, everybody got one, I think. But um, you can go to our website, terrytrip.com. You can get something from there as well. And um, I think that was it. I think that was it. Okay. Um. I want to talk to you just for a few moments here about increase your vision, increase your vision. If there's a title of this, it would be increase your vision by, and that's kind of what we were in this morning, really increase expectation. And so I want to talk about increase your vision by, now the next words I'm going to use <laughs> might come as a shock to you, might be a little against the grain because Often when we hear increase or, you know, expect more, expectation, we feel like we need to do more, we need to accomplish more, uh, we need to work harder. And especially in the society that we live in, there's almost a mindset, a culture mindset of, you know, if you want to increase, then you got to work harder, do more, you know, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can, you know, that one. And so we have this mentality of, of everything, we need it quick, we need it now, we need to do more, we need to move more, we need to go more, we need to accomplish more, and we get into this rush, hurried, quick lifestyle. And that, I don't know if you've noticed, but it, man, the older I get, may, I don't know if it's just age or, what, or if it's just the culture, but it just feels like time is speeding up. It, not the only one, but I mean, it just feels that like, I mean, things are just moving at such a breakneck pace, fast speed. We've got, you know, internet. I remember when I first saw the internet 
www. I remember we were in California. A relative called me into the living room, and they said, hey, have you ever been on the web? I said, no. <laughs> I've seen a web, not been in one. And they said, well, you don't know what I'm talking about. So they brought me into their living room, and they had this monster computer thing, you know, and they unplugged their phone and then plugged the computer in, and it made all these noises like a fax machine. And for two minutes, it's uploading, you know, getting online on that, what is it, 58K, 56, I don't remember. But anyways, you plug in the phone, and in two minutes, we're connected to the world. Two minutes, we're on the World Wide Web. Now, if it's 20 seconds, you're calling the Geek Squad. What is wrong with my computer, right? So we want everything quick. We want it now. So when you hear a word like this morning, expectation increase, that's awesome. And, and we're for it. Amen. That's what we're declaring. That's what we're believing. But what's the process here? What, what do we do to increase these things? Um, you know, I talked about my coffee addiction a little bit this morning. And uh, there is such a thing as instant coffee. No. That's a sin is what that is. No, it's not. But then you've got instant grits. You've got instant this. You've got instant all. we got all of these things instant. I remember when the iPad first came out. You know, I, had, I had one of them, and then, then they got the iPad 2, then the 3, then the Air. Then I mean, it just, because why? We want things faster. We want it quicker. We want it immediately. We want it now. And there's so much in our society that is pushing us to think in that way. And that mindset has kind of come into the church. You know, uh, we want things instant. We want it now. We want, we want it now, bless God, now. Amen. And sometimes, if we're not cautious, sometimes we feel like if we don't we feel like we're missing out. If we don't speed up, we're going to miss out on something. And I just I want to remind you of something tonight. If you have Jesus, you have everything. <laughs> Let me look at my note again. <laughs> Wait for the shout to stop. Okay. Thank you, brother. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> if you weren't here this morning, you don't get that joke. But anyways, man, if you have Jesus, how many know if you have him, you have peace, you have life, you have health, you have healing, you have provision, you have everything heaven has. If you have Jesus, you're not missing out. You have everything if you have Jesus, you have the Prince of Peace. You've got everything. You're not missing out. Hey, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to stay over here. So, <laughs> we think if we do not do more, go more, move faster, build faster, then we're going to miss out on all God has for us. But I want to remind you, if you have Jesus, you have everything, all right? I want that to really be branded in your thoughts tonight. Don't miss that. It's a, it's a very simple but yet powerful 
truth. So that's why the title is going to be a little different. It's going to go against the grain of culture and even some church. But the title is Increase Your Vision by Slowing Down. I told you, (laughs) it's a little different. Increase your vision by slowing down. I received a revelation of this title, of this word. Uh, This has been, oh, goodness, probably seven or eight years ago. My brother, my brother pastors, we live right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and my brother pastors a church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, north of Nashville. And they have a church there, and they, they were in a parade. There was a parade in the city, and so their church was in this parade. And so I, they asked if I wanted to go with them, and I was walking with them. Three-mile stretch in our town, and uh, the youth was walking, so I like to walk with the youth. They have more fun than anybody else. So they were dancing, telling jokes. It was a blast. So I'm walking, and we're just having fun and waving. You know, I was pretending to be the queen, you know, it was that... And so um, I saw businesses I didn't know were there. I began to see landscape that was just beautiful. I saw this house that was just awesome. I said, wow, how long has that house been there? 70 years. (laughs) What? I drive past this all the time. I see business. How long has that business been there? It's been there a long time. And I'd never noticed it before. Why? Because I was always going past it fast. I was moving in my car and, and so when I slowed down, notice this powerful truth. When I slowed down, I didn't decrease my vision. But I increased my vision. I took more in by slowing down. Powerful truth. Now this morning, we claimed increase we claimed abundance. We claimed expectation. We're expecting great things and expecting an increase in this house with your vision, with our family. Praise God. But how do we do it? Slow down. Now, this is going to make sense to you in just a moment because some of you are still processing. Where is he going with this? Hang out with me. You know, have you ever noticed in, in sports when somebody makes an amazing play, they replay it. And when they replay it, do they speed it up? <laughs> they say they don't say, we're going to replay this and play it in fast motion now so you can really see what happened. No. They replay it, not even at the same speed. But when they replay it, they play it in slow motion. Why? Because it has more of an impact on the visual and you take more in. You begin to see more within that play when they slow it down. Now this is a huge cue for the computer. I hadn't seen a thumbs up yet. Those are two words you don't want to hear when you're setting up a video. Hang on. Is it going to work? Houston, we got a problem. I don't know. Okay, well then just scratch it. It's okay. The video is actually, it was a, 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 of a football player. Really cool video. Uh, he actually, he, the, the um, quarterback throws it, 
he catches it, and then he doesn't just run into the, what is it, the end zone, but he jumps over a player, and he doesn't just jump over, he flips over him, flips, and lands on his feet. It's really a cool play, and I thought since Super Bowl and all this, this was so. Anyways, it's all good. You can see I didn't plan on sharing this tonight. I was going to share something else, but this, uh, anyways, I'll come back. We'll show it. Huh? Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. So when, when they make a play in sports, man, they slow it down. Why? Because you take more in when you slow something down. There's, there's a, a scripture I want you to see, and it's Proverbs 21. If you have your Bibles, look at Proverbs 21, verse 5. And it says, the plans of the diligent. Would you say that word diligent? We'll say it again. Diligent lead surely to abundance. Now that's the word we like. Abundance. Amen. We want an abundance. Hey, hallelujah. But how do we get it? It says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. The next sentence, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Well, we don't want that word. The definition for the word hasty that leads to poverty Haste or hasty means to act with excessive speed or insufficient consideration. Now, man, you can apply that to so many areas of life, but one that we can all relate to is this road out here. What's the name of this road? Old White Hill? Uh, what's the speed limit? 25? Is it 25? <laughs> It's above and beyond, right? We're going. To, so what is it, 40? So let's say you get out here, and I'm not recommending you do this. I'm just making an, a point. But let's say you get out here, and you decide to do 110, right? How many know that's being hasty, right? That's acting with excessive speed, right? And I promise you, I guarantee you, just as sure as the sun comes up tomorrow, I guarantee you, if you do that and you do it consistent enough, uh, you come into poverty. <laughs> right? Because you're going to see some lights behind you, red and blue lights, and they're going to pull you over and give you a ticket. And if you decide to keep doing that, it's going to bankrupt your, your bank account. Right? Because you're acting with excessive Speed, but also, how many know if you are always acting with excessive speed in relationships, it'll bankrupt the relationship. If you don't take time to listen, to slow down, to take more in, uh, how many know if your mind is doing 90 miles an hour all of the time, it'll bankrupt your emotions. Uh, you, you won't know what to think as clear. Why? Because you're going so fast all of the time. How many of you know the enemy wants you to live a hurried, rushed, busy life? In your mind, in your thinking, in your business, in your home. Why? Because he's the author of confusion. And what's get, what gets you into confusion? When you're rushed, when you're hurried, when you're busy. 
maybe this is just for those who didn't come tonight. I know you're thinking, well, I wish they would have heard this. No. How many of y'all know this? You're here tonight. Okay. Have you ever been, you know, maybe late for work and it's like, oh, man, where are my keys? Where are my keys? It's like, where? (laughs) And usually they're in my pocket, right? But I'm so hurried that I get confused. And I believe one of the enemy's greatest tools that he uses against a believer is not so much sin, right? Because we, we can recognize that and so we resist that. But he'll use something even more deceptive and that is busyness. Wow, that is a powerful statement. Get, getting us into a hurried, rushed lifestyle so we begin to have a blurred vision. It's powerful. The word diligent in that verse, which leads to abundant, means to show care. Diligent means to show care. How many of you know you cannot effectively show care when you're always in a rushed, hurried, busy life and lifestyle? Here's my point, church, tonight. We claim blessings. We claim increase. We sing about it. We declare it. We pray about it and all of these things, but you truly cannot lay claim to these things if you're always living a hurried, rushed, busy lifestyle, including in your prayer life. Amen. So it's kind of like the guy this morning I was talking about, you know, saw the limousine on the side of the road. How many know he slowed down long enough to show care and got his house paid for? I'd call that increase. I don't know about you. But he had to slow down. He slowed down long enough to show care. And so increase your vision by slowing down. If you take notes, you might want to write this down. I call it a power quote. And it is this. Rush confuses. Rest defuses. Rush confuses. And I've already touched on that point. You get in a rushed uh, uh, state, it, it brings confusion, right? But rest diffuses. Medical science has proven that the proper amount of rest, something that we take for granted really, but just the proper amount of rest will eliminate, this is a major percentage, but I googled it. Of course, you know, everything on Google is correct, right? <laughs> But no, medical science said that the proper amount of rest at night would eliminate, it was something like 65 to 70% of sicknesses and diseases. Here's my point. We claim the healing. Could it be we need to say, Lord, give me the wisdom to know how to rest? Powerful. Again, This was instruction tonight. This is instruction tonight. There's a person in the Bible who really would be the exhibit A of this message. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And I'm going to read verses 38 through 42. And I'm going to read from, I want to look at the message Bible. I like how it translates these verses. 
but Martha, Mary and Martha, Martha in Scripture, if, ever, if anyone ever you know, exhibits the uh, hurried lifestyle in Scripture, it, it's Martha. And, um, you know, I just want to say what she did wasn't wrong. What she was doing wasn't wrong. What she was doing was ministry. Amen. We're going to find out where, where this priority was at. Luke 10, 38. If you don't have your phone or whatever, your mobile device, and you can't change translations, you can just listen because I don't want you to get confused here. But in the Message Bible, this is how it translates Luke 10, 38 through 42. It says, As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him, made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary. Listen to these words. Who sat before the master hanging on every word he said. I love that. I told my wife, I said, you know, if I go by the way of the grave, I want that on my tombstone. Here lies Terry Tripp, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. That's what I want my life to be. What is that? A person at rest? Mary was at rest. And it says, But Martha (laughs) was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later she stepped in, interrupting them, saying, Master, can you imagine talking to Jesus this way? Master, don't you care? How many of y'all know Jesus cares? (laughs) Don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, listen to how Jesus says, Martha, dear Martha, says it twice. You're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. Then he speaks Martha's language, kitchen language. It's the main course. What she's chosen is the main course, and it won't be taken away from her. Listen to these verses in the Amplified Bible. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted. Everybody say distracted. We live in a world of distractions. Man, we've got so many gadgets and toys. And and listen, I'm all for social media. I have a Facebook. I have all that. But how many know these things can become major distractions in our life? Jesus, uh, it's uh, in the Message Bible in Matthew, it says Jesus said, uh, there's coming a generation that will have distractions of the age. To do what? To choke out the fruitfulness of my word. He didn't say his word wouldn't be sown. His word is still being sown. But the reason why we're not seeing more manifestations of his word and seeing more of an increase of his word in our life is because of distractions. How many of you know, church, you cannot microwave the word of God in your heart? It is a seed that must be planted and take time to rest and be watered. 
10, and then you'll see the increase. But if we allow all these other distractions to come in, those distractions will choke out the fruitfulness of His Word. And notice what, what it says about Lisa. It says, she was overly occupied, too busy, was distracted. Listen, with what? With sin? No. It says, with much serving. If I was talking to a room full of pastors and leaders and evangelists, man, I would stay on this for 30 minutes. What she was doing was ministry. Wow. And Jesus said, you need to stop. Slow down. And do what Mary's doing. How many know sometimes as pastors, as leaders... We can get so caught up in working for the Lord that we don't take time to hang out with the Lord. And that doesn't just go for pastors or leaders or whoever. Man, that's for believers all over. We get so caught up in doing and going and doing and going that we just don't spend time hanging out with Him. That's the difference in Mary and Martha. What Martha was doing was not a horrible thing. It was a good thing. It was just a misplaced thing. Are you getting anything out of this? <laughs> Amen. I trust, I trust your silence means you're listening and you're thinking and you're meditating. Okay, good. Because sometimes silence means this is boring. So I don't want that to be happening here. Okay. So Martha, what she was doing was not wrong. It was an honor to have Jesus in her home. Man. I mean, no, it's an honor. Even pastor was saying, Lord, it's an honor to have you here. But where are your thoughts? Are you thinking about what you're, what you're missing on TV? Are you thinking about what you're going to be doing tomorrow? Are you, think, are you present? Or are you racing 90 miles an hour? If you do, you're going to get a ticket. <laughs> Amen. If you do, you're going to bankrupt your emotions. If you're always acting with haste, always going, boy, I see some of the wives punching their husband. This is for you, yes. All right. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things that we chase after, they'll hunt you down. But you've got to seek first. Like Martha, many of us today, we're hurried with things that keep us from hearing the words of Jesus. Wow. You know, I was meditating on this not too long ago, and I was thinking, man, here's Martha, here's Mary, here's Martha in the kitchen, and no doubt, man, can you imagine Jesus showing up at your house and he's wanting to eat? I mean... You couldn't call KFC, right? You couldn't call Pizza Hut, right? And then here's the 12 disciples, right? Could have had 13, 15 people, maybe even up to 80 because Jesus had 70 part-time that He would send out. So I don't know if they all met there. you know. But hey, anywhere from 12 to 80. Let me tell you something. When I get hungry, I want to eat. Now imagine 12, 13 men showing up. They want to eat, right? So I'm not blaming Martha. I'm not picking on Martha. I'm just saying Martha could have 
gone to Jesus, right? And said, Lord, I heard about what you did with that boy's fish and his bread. Now, Lord, here's some meal. <laughs> I got a little something here, and uh, I don't want to miss what you got to say. And so I'm just going to place what I have here on, on, at your feet, and I want to hang on your word. When I see that, I see a smile come across the face of Jesus. You remember that Indiana Jones movie? You chose wisely. Remember that? I truly believe Jesus would have said, oh, watch this. <laughs> but listen to this. Nothing will ever multiply until it first sits under the Word. Nothing will ever multiply until it first sits under the Word. Let me say that again. Nothing will ever increase. Your peace will not increase. Your joy will not increase. Your wisdom will not increase. Your finances will not increase. Whatever it is, put whatever it is there. Your meal, your, your whatever will never increase until you first sit under the Word. Because it's the Word that brings the increase. But I must be willing to slow down and shut the <laughs> Amen. Silence the hell that's roaring in my mind. The busyness, the, the, the frustration, the whatever it is. I've got to be willing to sit under His Word and seek first the kingdom of God. Isn't this good? Man, this is good. Listen, I'm telling you how to increase. Not decrease, but increase. We've got to sit under the Word. But this is the same Martha. And this shows this wasn't just a one-time happening, but this was her lifestyle. Martha, in John 11, John chapter 11, verse 17, when, when Lazarus was dead, Jesus goes there. This is the same Martha that went to meet him. And again, in the Message Bible, I love how it translates it because it sounds like Martha wrote these verses. It says, when Jesus finally got there. Doesn't that sound like Martha? That sounds like something she would have said. Lord, finally, right? <laughs> Jesus finally got there. He found Lazarus four days dead. Uh, a couple of verses down, it says, Martha heard Jesus was coming and ran out. She was hurried. Notice the pattern. She ran out to meet him. Mary, notice the pattern, remained in the house. Interesting. Martha said, oh man, again, can you imagine talking to Jesus this way? Martha said, Master, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know. Everybody say, I know. Say that again. I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. Jesus said, your brother will be raised up. Now, church, how many of you know he was not talking about the end of time? He was talking about right then. Come on, he was expecting him to get up then. So he was talking about then. Listen to Martha. Martha replied, I know. Say, I know. 
I know that he will be raised up in the resurrection at the end of time. He wasn't talking about the end of time. He was talking about there, then. But when you're hurried, when you're busy, when you're rushed, you may have sight, but you've got a blurred vision. Have you ever met someone and they're always hurried, rushed, yet they're a know-it-all? Come on, they know everything about everything, right? They've got all of this information, but not a clue about revelation. I mean, I know preachers who can quote thousands of verses from memory, but in another breath, they'll tell you God to put cancer on you to teach you a lesson. How many of y'all know that's a know-it-all with information, but no revelation. Mary was a know-it-all. She said, I know, I know, I know. Didn't have a clue. Why? Because she exemplified a hurried, rushed, busy life. <sighs> wow. Wow. Man, there's so much here I want to give to you, and I'm trying not to hurry because how many know you can't rush this message? I'm looking at the clock thinking, boy, I got to hurry. Then I'm like, no, you don't. You can't hurry with a title like this. <laughs> I love the part when in, in Mark, and if you're taking notes, you can read this later, but Mark chapter 6, 30 and 31, the apostles returned to Jesus, and they told him all that they had done. Lord, we, we cast out demons in your name and healed the sick and all of this stuff. They were excited, no doubt. Man, we, we would all be excited, right? They come to Jesus and tell him all that. What did Jesus say to them? Did he say, great, now guys, go out and do it again, but this time, do double. This time, get more. This time, work harder. This time, manifest more of my power. Is that what he said? No. He said to them something that is totally contrary to a lot of our thinking. He said, hey, great, proud of you, that's awesome. Now, come away with me to a desolate place and rest a while. What? Don't you want us to go do more? Guys, listen. Satan's deadliest weapon against those in ministry is busyness. And here's what Jesus was concerned with. Not so much are you busy, are you fruitful? I could name you top ministries and many of you, men, you would know their name if I called them. I'm not going to call their name. But had it all was at the top of the world. Busy building, busy going, busy doing, but yet had a fall. Why? Because they were busy, but not fruitful in their life. Trying to reach the whole world, but yet lose their soul, their mind. Why? Because they didn't come away and rest. Church, I'm telling you, like I said at the beginning, this is not going to be a shout-me-down message. 
But if you get a hold of the principle and you'll apply it, we won't be able to shut you up. Because you're going to be so thrilled with the results that you get and you get to experience. It's the truth. It's just the truth. A seed must rest first before it produces an increase. A seed in the ground, when it is sown in the ground, must rest first. How many of you know God created human beings, not human doings? <laughs> Be in Christ. He didn't say do in Christ. He said no. Be in Christ. And when you begin to rest in Christ, then you'll begin to do more on accident. <laughs> or let me put it this way. You'll accomplish more on accident than you ever tried to by doing it in your own strength and in your own wisdom. I mean, if you can hang out with God 30 minutes a day, you're going to get smarter. Right? And he has some good inside information on where to invest, when to buy, when to do. He can give you so much. But we have to learn how to rest. Again, if you're taking notes, Ecclesiastes 4.6. It says, better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. Better is a handful of quietness. There was a gentleman by the name of Sadhu Sundar Singh. He was not from Stewart's draft, okay? I'll just say that. <laughs> but Sadhu Sundar Singh was a holy man in India. And he had a vision and, and was converted to the Lord. It's a long story. But anyways, he gave his heart to the Lord he went to Bombay once, and this guy had an amazing ministry in the early 1900s, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. And he went to Bombay, which is called Mumbai today, and saw like 15, 20 people raised from the dead in one meeting. So when I say miraculous things, I mean, this guy saw some miraculous things. He would have hundreds of thousands of people at his meetings, people healed, etc., but he began to preach the word. He, he believed the preaching of the word. Hearing the word was even more important than just praying for the sick and all. So he began to preach the gospel. Anyways, in like 1920, 1919, 1920, he booked some meetings in the U.S. in New York City. Now listen to this. It took two months to travel by boat, by ship, etc. from India to New York City. So he gets all of these meetings, travels two months, gets the ticket, goes two months on this uh, excursion to get to New York City. When he gets off of the boat in New York City, 1920, he gets off. He walks around the city for 30 minutes, gets back on the ship, cancels all of his meetings, and goes back to India. They said, why did you do that? His words, these people are too busy to hear the gospel. Again, I go back, and that was 1920. What would he say in 2018? 
Jesus said, there will be a generation with the distractions of the age to choke out the fruitfulness of my word. Church, I want to encourage you tonight. Do three things. I really believe the Lord sent me here to, to empower the vision here, to empower your life. And if you don't get anything else, please get these three things because this is how you increase these three things. Number one, read the Word. God, read the Word. Not out of a religious duty. Please understand what I'm saying. But just to, to hang on His Word. To sit and listen. To meditate His Word. Um, well, Terry, how much? <laughs> well, course let's use wisdom I mean some some people are morning people some people aren't I'm a morning person I am not a night person it's rare I do a Sunday night and a Monday night I mean my my wife is proud of me this week she really is She's like honey you're staying up past eight o'clock yes eastern time it's still seven at home <laughs> but um but so I'm a morning person so I get up before everybody else does and amen get my coffee <laughs> And then get the Word, and I just meditate on His Word. For you, it might be in the afternoon, the evening, whatever. But I've had people say, well, Terry, how much should I read? Is it one chapter, two chapters, ten chapters, seven chapters, 30 minutes, two hours? Stop. Stop. I battled with the same stuff. When I first, I told you this morning, December 28, 2001, I began to get in the Word every day. And I said, go, I set a goal. Don't write this down. Don't compare. Don't do it. To just, but I, seven chapters. I said, I'm going to do seven chapters a day. I don't do that anymore. Because there's times and seasons. You know, it's like I said in the meeting, I'm now meditating more. Instead of just reading, I'm meditating the Word even more. Uh, the, the series I did on the two sons in want, 12 empowerment truths about two sons in want, 21 verses. All I did was read, study, and meditate on those 21 verses for four months straight. I didn't read anything else. So there's a time and a season for all things. But I wanted to get the Word in me. So I said, well, I'm going to read seven chapters a day. And go through the Word. I had never read the whole Word. Four or five. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've got the joy. I couldn't wait to get up the next morning to get those seven chapters. Man, I couldn't wait. It was, I was addicted to it. Then I heard Joel Osteen say that his dad, John Osteen, made them read 10 chapters a day. How many of y'all know religion is very subtle? So my religious mind said, hmm, okay, so to be a really great man of faith, I need to up it from 7 to 10. The next day, did the 10, and I didn't get squat. Come on, can I just be real with you? We're family here. And for a month or two, I didn't get anything. And I'm thinking, Lord, what happened? How many of y'all know Paul said, don't compare yourselves among yourselves? See, how many of y'all know you got to run your race? Right? And so after about a month, I said, Lord, I'm, if this, I don't want to do this. What is going on? And I said, Lord, if people are asking me how much do I read and how much should they read, and I don't know what to tell them. And this is what he spoke to my heart. If you take notes, you will want to write this down. 
because this is from the Lord. He said, Terry, just spend long enough in my word every day to make a memory. How simple can you get it? I said, Lord, that's too easy. He said, guess what? My yoke is easy <laughs> and my burden is light. You want to read seven? Do it. That's great. If you want to read whatever, great. But do it long enough to make an impression, a memory. And then after seven, eight, nine, ten months, ten years, now eight, 17 years, all my memories <laughs> is the Word. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's called heaven on earth. That's freedom. So what is that for you? I don't know. Sometimes it's two verses. Sometimes it's two words. I don't know. I, I can tell you there's so many memories I have. That's why it's just so easy to just rattle this off. I just have so much. Because that's all my memories. I love it. I love it. Because now every day I just spend long enough to where it's a memory. And, now I, and then I just settle in that, rest in that, think about it all day. And just have fun with it. Talk about it. I make a memory. Sometimes it takes a couple of hours to silence all the junk I've been dealing with that day. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes. Don't make it a religious duty that, okay, how many know if you set a time for your family to fellowship? <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it But, it, you know, it's kind of like, okay, at 6 o'clock, Fellowship. I mean, no, it, there's just not, but when it's spontaneous, when it's just there, it just happens. It's like, oh, it's a memory. You understand what I'm saying? It's okay to put a title. Don't, don't get goofy with it. <laughs> okay? I do have a set time, but it's not like, okay, at, at 6 o'clock, that's when I'm going to do it. So at 5.58, I'm not going to do it. 5.59... 30, 31. You know what I mean? It's not, don't make it a religious duty, please. But just get in the Word every day. First thing, read. Do you want to see increase? Yes. Here's how you do it. Slow down everything long enough in your life to read. Second, pray. Slow down everything. Is this okay, Pastor? Is this okay? And I'm closing with this. This is my closing and my only closing. I think I had three closings this morning. This is my only one. Pray. Matthew 6 verse 7 says when you pray. The church is powerful. But when you pray. Lord, how can I say this? So many times when we pray, we get in just this. Religious, yeah, a routine, just a religious routine, and we just kind of just spit it out there, and then we just go, and there's no fellowship. And Jesus said in Matthew, when you pray, do not, 
use vain repetitions like the heathen do. How many of y'all know the heathen pray? Come on, the heathen pray. Oh Lord, I hold up this lottery ticket to you, Jesus. Come on, amen. Everybody pray. Muslims pray, right? Everybody prays. But I mean, no, it's not just prayer that gets result. You got to know who you're praying to and know how to pray, right? So it's not just so much prayer, because even Jesus said the heathen pray. Even he said the hypocrites love to pray. <laughs> so it's not just prayer, but, but what I'm talking about is fellowship. Big difference. Um, there's so many times we, in our circles, I hear a lot of vain repetitions. And it's not communication with the Father. And let me tell you what I mean, because don't get mad, because I've done it too. So don't get upset with me. The Lord corrected me. But I was praying once and I stopped and slowed down and listened. And it's like, Terry, really? Are you doing, really? Vain repetitions, repetition. Example, Father God, we thank you, Father God, for this Father God day, Father God. And Father God, we just pray, Father God, that you bless us, Father God, as we leave, Father God, in Father God's Jesus' name, Father God, amen, Father God. What? Do we think God forgets his name? Are we trying to keep his attention? Come on, if I went up to Pastor David and said, David, how you doing, David? David, it's good to see you. David, you look great. David, David, beautiful daughter, David, David, David. You know what he would say? Terry, Terry, uh, slow down. <laughs> right? I know my name. You know my name. Now, talk to me. You understand what I'm saying? Now, talk to me. Let's fellowship together. Man, that is really good. <laughs> it is. I know I say that a lot, but it is good. Um, coming from Nashville, we have a recording studio, and, and our family does, and so there's a, a lot of musicians that come in and producers, and I have learned this about music, that music and any musician, any good musician will know that the rest in music is just as important as the notes. It's the rest in music that brings depth. Apply that to prayer. How many know he gave you two ears and one mouth? <laughs> There's a purpose for everything, right? Could it be that the rest in prayer is where the depth comes? To listen, to listen, to listen. So number one, read. And I know if I were to give a test before this, these three, you would have probably said the first two, yes, okay, read and pray, amen. I'm going to throw you a curveball here on the number three, play. Well, Terry, that's not spiritual. Yes, it is. <laughs> play. Slow down everything in your life long enough to enjoy life. Enjoy the goodness of the Father. Enjoy. Go on a vacation. Do something. Just have fun with your family. You know, our family, we have, I love our game nights. We have a game night and we'll play, we'll just play games. And you really, do you know parents, 
I did more ministry with my daughters on those nights than any other time. And I can't explain it. I don't, I don't have a scripture for it. <laughs> I really don't. But it was like their defense was down. And I could see more of their heart. I could see if there was something wrong. I could pick up on it. And we just begin to talk. And their defense would be down. While we're just playing a game. You want good minute? You want to increase the peace in your, in your family, in your home? Play. Man, there's so much, even, even in medical science, they'll say you didn't, just playing a game, doing something. Oh, man, that's, there's so much to this I want to give you, but I'm done. I'm not through, but I'm done. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I just want to invite you tonight, if, if you say, Terry, this was for me, I... Since I've been sitting here, I've, I've been thinking, what is it in my life? Am I, am I too busy? Am I going too fast? Am I moving at too fast of a speed in my business, in my family, in my home? I want to invite you tonight to repent. Just repent. Just say, Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, I want to be like Mary who sat at your feet and hung on every word. That's what my testimony, I want it to be. If that's you, I'll, I just want all of you to just bow your head for a moment. If this message was for you, and you can honestly say, Terry, I want to, I, I want to commit tonight. I'm going to make a commitment tonight to do these three things. I'm going to slow down everything in my life to read, to pray, to play. I want to become more aware of His presence. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand. Let me see it. If that's you, God bless you. Wow. All over. God bless you. Amen. I knew, I knew, I knew I was supposed to share this tonight. Man, this is even for me. There's things in my life I can adjust. I need to slow down. I, can, I need to slow some things down. Why? Not to decrease, but to increase. Father, You see every hand. You see every heart. You see every life. And we humbly yield our time to you. Proverbs says, or Psalm says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days so that we may grow in wisdom. Father, we know this life is short. <laughs> and uh, some people ask me, do you believe we're in the end time? Well, I'm in the end of my time. <laughs> no matter what time that is. We're all going to go at some time. Lord, I want to know the number of my days. Teach us. Tonight we repent. We have, some of us, we've allowed the cares of this life. We've allowed the busyness of this life. We've allowed the distractions of the age to come in. And even choke out some of the fruitfulness of your, Lord, your word. Lord, we repent of that tonight. We turn from that. And we make a commitment to you and to each other, we're going to slow down. We're going to sit at your feet and we're going to rest. And knowing as we do, we're going to increase. Amen. <laughs> increase in our health, increase in an awareness of your presence, and increase in experiencing your peace, your life, your love, your joy flowing through us. Because you are the ultimate life. Hallelujah.
So we rest in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I believe some of you tonight, you're going to rest and sleep better than you have in months. I really do. I believe that. I want you to go home tonight with a clear conscience. God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not even in a bad mood. <laughs> he loves you. Rest in that. Um, they're going to... Or did you put the is the basket in the back? Is that how did how did how did you tell me you do the offering? I don't remember. We talked about it, but I don't remember. But here's what I want to do tonight with the offering. Um, if you were not here this morning, our ministry we ship books to prisons, and we've got several prisons uh, this week that have requested boxes of those books. Um, $336 will print and ship an entire box of 84 books. So we need several boxes. Um, I just want to ask you to help us. Would you pray? Ask the Lord, Lord, how would you have me be involved uh, in this? Thank you for what you gave at the table this morning. That is a blessing. We will use that. And so um, pastor's going to give a little instruction on what to do, but... Uh, Thank you for today. You have ministered to me. Just the reception, the love, the welcome. Thank you. Can we do it again? Amen. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely.